Welcome to our third episode of Series 3 of the Nutrition Nibble Podcast. In Series 3, we investigate some of the more commonly held beliefs and behaviours about food and nutrition and how what we see and hear isn't always the truth. In Episode 3, we'll be talking about the pink sauce effect. For those who don't know this story, pink sauce was a luminous pink condiment created by a celebrity chef, Chef P, and went vi- and that went viral on social media. The condiment was bought by many and ended up causing some sickness and controversy and it was not FDA approved nor protected under cottage laws. This incident left many to wonder how much do we really know about what's going on with our food and why are we so obsessed with what celebrities eat. We are joined by Emily Shears, pharmacist and women's health educator, to help us unpack some of these questions. So Emily, how does the world of marketing uh, in relation to food products and how do marketing companies get their messages across and how are they accountable to hold these regulations? So many questions. I think the first thing to understand is that this is an entire business. So food science is what it's called and they create things from the amount of crunch we have in a chip to what it looks like, feels like in our bodies. So the marketing starts very early in the food preparation. It's not just the end product that we see on the shelf with the shiny label. So to understand that our products are so doctored from the very start is really, really key. Um, And then with that, you begin the marketing campaign. So you choose the right celebrity to endorse it. Um, And in Australia, we are lucky that we do have the TGA. Um, So there is regulation in terms of what is on our shelves um, and they do have to be accurate. And if they're found out to be inaccurate, they they get into a lot of trouble. Um, But I understand that in some other countries that isn't isn't the case. Um, And certainly in Australia, it's not just the TGA in terms of OH&S, everything from where they food prep, how they food food prep is a very considered thing um, and they must meet those those regulations. in, in terms of how they get the message across, as I said, they, they find the right celebrity. They choose a target demographic and they figure out, you know, what, that, what the effects they want to have, you know, with that food product. Like you look at how they market Coca-Cola and it's about having a really good time and you can't have a Coca-Cola, you know, you can't have fun without having a Coca-Cola and you can get it all branded to have your name on it. You know, that's, you know, you've got the food science business arm and then you've also got the whole marketing division and creative thinking all right how can we sell this product so I think understanding that people are making money off your choices is really important as well. Hmm. Um, Why do social media influencers seemingly gain such a following and how do we help ourselves be better at what's knowing what's true and what's false around like food products? I think the biggest thing is to not get your science information from social media (laughs) would be a really good place to start. I think that if you're genuinely wondering about a a product or anything you're going to put in your body or on your body, you do your due diligence. So you read about it through um, a journal article from from a science-based source. Um, But in terms of getting your information from Gwyneth Paltrow group website or equivalent from, you know, all the other social media influencers, you know, say, you know, drink like drink this six times, you will look like this. I think it's really important to know that generally that's it's an absolute fallacy. Amazing. Uh, how do we stop being so susceptible to ads about food? I think this is really comes back to the basics of how we build well-being and how we build resilience. And that's 
knowing the right information from the get-go. So um, in terms of what you're all learning through nutrition and science and biology and all those subjects that you can take at school is you're actually learning the facts. So if you build up your, uh, I guess, fact-finding ability and your knowledge, then when you read something that doesn't sound right or look right, it's probably not right. So I think it's about building the knowledge and then giving yourself the ability to have the autonomy to make those decisions. So building knowledge is absolutely key. And how do we identify if a food listing is inaccurate or when it's being marketed to us in a more deceptive way than it should be? So this is really interesting and I think most people have probably experienced this. We see this a lot with what's called greenwashing. So products are sold to us that they're either environmentally friendly or they're really, really good for us. So that's what greenwashing is. Um, And that can happen to anyone. It certainly happened to me um, in choosing um, wraps for my kids' lunches. Um, One of my children is, is a bit funny with some gluten products and it was, you know, the the wrap was made from spinach and then I get it home and I actually read the percentage of spinach and it's something ridiculous like 1%. So reading the food labels, yes, is really important and reading past the shiny cover. You know, it's you know like borrowing a book from the library. You can't just trust what's on the cover. In terms of how to accurately read something, it is a skill. I think the first place to start is always look at the per 100 grams because each serving size for each product is different. So a serving size for a packet of chips might be 30 grams and a serving size for a box of cereal might be 45 grams, which changes the nutrition content. So if you can look at everything on the 100 grams, it gives you a better base understanding of what is in that product and also understanding all the recommended daily intake percentages as well. Uh, Thank you for listening. If you'd like to learn more about some topics we covered today, simply head over to our show notes. In our next episode, we'll talk to Emily about breakfast and whether this is really the most important meal of the day. (music) 